When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, fish fans. This is Eli Sussman, the founder of Fish on First. You are listening to part of a Megapod with Kevin Barral and Alex Carver going through level by level of the Marlins farm system. Once they put on the mic, they really couldn't stop. This was overall a two and a half hour recording, but we have split it up into four different parts, ascending from the lowest levels of the minor league system all the way up to triple A. This is part two. Find all these episodes here on the Fish on First podcast feed. Leave a rating and review wherever applicable and enjoy. We have three more to go. Uh, We're going to start with low A Jupiter. This is a level that Although the record doesn't speak for itself, there's some guys here that are kind of fun to watch. Obviously, the one name I want to start with is Juan de la Cruz. Uh, he is the, I guess, the ace of this rotation now, if you want to call it like that. Obviously, Jacob Miller is there in that level too, but he's been kind of hit with the injury bug. 394, 536 uh, FIP. Uh, not a big strikeout guy. I think that'll just go up as he goes, as the years go on. But you've heard great reports on him. I've heard great reports on him. This is a guy who the organization really likes. He kind of fits that mold of, tall decently tall pitcher he's 6-3 that you know pitcher that has that those that that power pitched obviously with the change of kind of in development talk to us a little bit about Juan de la Cruz Alex I believe you may have seen him in person before yeah I saw him pitch in person uh in spring training he was pitching against guys well above his level which at that time was short season ball which we just talked about um the Marlins challenged this guy this is this is another another guy one of few guys that they've challenged this year uh, started out in the FCL was just nine innings there, and then they pushed him straight up to Jupiter. So this guy's also being challenged. Um, I think he's being challenged for a good reason. Um, three pitch guy. Um, Velo is, I think, right now just okay. Um, I think he sits like, uh, from what I've seen and heard, I think he sits like ninety three ish is what I want to say with fastball. Um, can go a little bit higher, but I think that's kind of where he is right now with fastball. Also has really good slider and building up a changeup. So that's the stuff of this guy. Still 18 years old, 6'3", 180. So he's got some size to him as well. So it's not just like this little lanky guy. Pretty athletic out there on the mound. Um, righty. Uh, so, yeah, um, pretty smooth delivery from what I've seen from him. Things that you want to see from this player a little bit more is a little bit more on the side of, like you said, um, you know, bringing the strikeout rate up a little bit. Doesn't really dominate with strikeouts. Not that you have to, because he doesn't really walk guys too, too terribly much either. 39-23 KBB. Uh, so if the strikeouts can come up a little bit and set that walk rate apart a little bit more, that would be pretty decent for this player. Lives inside the zone, challenges inside the zone, not afraid to do it. Does get hit at times is what I would say with Jupiter. He's allowing a 286 batting average, so he does allow hits. So not very dominant yet, but a lot of good signs from this pitcher. Um, pretty advanced for his age. You also want to see a little bit more ground ball. Um, a lot has a lot, a lot of fly balls, not as many ground balls, uh, for sure. So you want to see a little bit more in terms of the ability to record some easier outs, right? So yeah. that's kind of what I want to see from De La Cruz as he goes, but 18 years old, um, and got the challenge. And I think he deserved it. The Marlins, like you said, are very high on this player. They really like him. Um, and he's showing, he's showing a lot of positive signs. So I do like this player, um, still a lot of room to grow. Um, but it's been a good sign so far from him overall. Yeah. And it's nice to see that this organization still develops pitching really down there, obviously, we know we we know about the Max Myers, the Dax Fultons, now the Noble Myers. We don't yeah. know really about the the Juan de la Cruz type pitchers in this organization. And yeah. let's stay on the pitching side. We're gonna go to Jacob Miller, who's still at this level. Uh, we thought he was a goner at the trade deadline. Let's be honest. We built every. I think almost everyone thought either him or um, who's the other one? Ah, Mill Brandt. We're gonna be gone at the deadline. One of the two. They both stayed. I think it made more sense in the terms that Miller was injured. Not much value there when it came to him. 
Obviously, you have Milbrandt, who we thought it was going to go, but we'll talk about him at the high level there. What have you seen from Milbrandt, man? I know you saw him, not Milbrandt, Jacob Miller. I know you saw him live. The one time I went, he did not pitch for some reason, but he's had his highs and his lows. Um, obviously, you're another guy who's kind of developing the changeup, but still has that power pitch. He was the comp pick last, the second round pick for Miami, I want to say. He was either second round or comp pick for Miami last season. He's been good for the most part. He's had, you know, obviously the Vila's there. That's that's another big thing for him. But what have you seen from Jake Miller, having been able to see him in person a couple times already? Yeah, it sucks that he was he was injured. Um, it, was, it was sucks to see that he had to go down to the FCL like rehab a little bit there, right? So yeah. uh, kind of sucked to see that. But um, but yeah, um, this guy is a guy who's steadily built up velocity. I've seen him up as high as ninety six personally, um, in with Jupiter. Um, so that that is actually really really encouraging. This is a guy before he was drafted who was still building up velocity, right? Um, so he needed to kind of work to build it up. He needed to get a little bit stronger. seems like he's done that. Um, pitching 94, 95, 96 pretty consistently here with, with, with Jupiter. So he's building up the velocity really well. We were talking about curveballs before. This is another guy who has a really good curveball. I think that's probably his best pitch. Um, so good out pitch curveball to this guy as well. What I would say is really needs to work on um, control and command consistency is the main thing for this pitcher. Um, I've seen him get pretty wild. So maybe that was, you know, the fatigue and injury starting to come about the last time that I saw him, which is why he was getting a little wild. Definitely needs to work that out a little bit uh, from start to start. He can get a little bit, a little bit shaky with the command and control. Um, that's what I think he really needs to work on. Um, continue to build up the changeup as well. Um, that's something that he was working on when he was drafted. He's still working on it, I think, now. But you know what the Marlins can do with that pitch, as we talked about before. So, yeah, a little bit more command and control consistency and just stay healthy, man. And I think this guy's going to be pretty good. Let's talk a little bit about his last start. Obviously, kind of coming back, uh, went four and one third. Uh, five hits, one run, one earned. Uh, only one walk and four strikeouts. That was against the Port St. Lucie Mets affiliate. Uh, thankfully, we were obviously, as we were mentioning, not too much broadcast out there in the FSL, so we were able to get, catch that start. The one-two from Miller drops in for a called strike three. Let's touch a, a little bit up on the draft picks. Obviously, we spoke about Noble Meyer, but I, I think right now, and I don't know how much it says about this organization, but the best position player thus far in this draft has been Jake DeLeo. Been playing a lot of center field. He's been one of those names that you know, have kind of stood out. Um, and this was one that DJ was very excited about when he brought in. Thus far, hitting 274, 361, 452, 813 with a 120 WRC+, plus, two home runs, eight RBIs, eight stolen bases. And he's playing center field, which is huge. Finally bringing, I, I think, natural center fielder in this case. Guy who has the speed as well. What obviously you've been able to watch him more with you know I guess the broadcasts that are available and when the the box scores that we see, uh, there was a guy that DJ was very high on bringing on, and then we'll talk about Camp Alderman and Brock Vredenberg who are also at that level. Yeah, sure. So for DeLeo, I mean, before we were talking about Desmenia, right? Who's down there at the uh, at the lower levels in the FCL right now? Uh, him and DeLeo had the same hitting coach uh, at Georgia Tech, yeah. so um, you can kind of see the connection here that the Marlins are making. They go out and get DeLeo. He performs like he does. And then clearly they saw something in that system to go out and get uh, Despina as well as an undrafted free agent. And you can see what both of them are doing at their respective levels. Um, I think they should be playing on the same team. We said that before, but we'll see what happens here as the season and FCL season completes. Maybe they'll be back on the same team together. That'd be cool to see, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, DeLeo has been really good, man. Six round pick. Um, definitely um, earning that uh, title of a six round pick. Um, maybe he could have even gone a little bit earlier, but I think he was picked definitely somewhere where he de definitely belongs from what he's shown so far. Um, what do you want to see from this guy? Um, I mean, man, he's shown quite a bit so far. Uh, like you said, 274, 361, 452, already hit two home runs. As we said before, not very easy to hit home runs in Jupiter either on these fields. Um, oh, it's, or West, any it's West Palm. It's West Palm. Yeah. Oh, it's West Palm now, but still any FSL yep. field is not yeah. easy to hit uh, yeah. home runs on is what I mean to say. Uh, Jupiter, West Palm, whatever. Um, so yeah, um, that's what I would say for this player. Um, yeah, um, definitely have seen a lot of stuff from this guy. Um, things that you want to see from this player, um, I guess, is the ability to kind of make it stick in the outfield. From what I've heard and seen, um, routes can get a little bit off for this player. Um, the arm, I think, is just probably average as of right now. So I guess I kind of want to see him make it stick, um, you know, at least in right field. Um, maybe you can flip him to center field. Maybe you can fake it there too, because the Marlins don't have a lot of center fielders. But this is probably going to be a corner guy. He's a big dude, 6'2", 194 already at age 22. So he's got some size to him as well. Um, that's probably where a lot of that power comes from. Does a good job getting into his lower half from what I've seen of his swing, uh, which hasn't been much from what I've seen from it. Uh, the yeah. approach is pretty solid, pretty good. Um, 
excited to watch this guy more, man. Um, 22 year old kid. Definitely think it's a guy that they could challenge pretty quickly. Um, want to see a little bit more on defense, like I said, but um, overall, I think um, this is definitely a super solid find for DJ and the crew. Um, like what we're seeing so far. Yeah. And this is another guy who doesn't hit too much for power, if I'm correct, obviously. So it's nice to see that he kind of got into the power a little bit. Obviously it's just two home runs, but he's been the best position player thus far that the Marlins have brought in from the draft. I don't know how much that says, but it's nice to see. Um, the other players, the last two guys I kind of want to touch up on uh, when it comes to Jupiter and, and the draft, Kemp Alderman. Uh, this, the comp, no, this was the, yes, this was the comp round pick, I want to say, for Miami. Um, no, second round. No, pick. second, second Thomas, round. Yeah. yeah, Thomas White was. Thomas White was, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Thomas White, he will be making his debut on Monday. So if anyone is interested in going to that, 183, 242, 250, uh, 492 with a 36 WRC. Plus. Um, a little surprised that Thomas that um Camp Alderman's gotten off to this slow of a start. You would have thought maybe he would have been a lot better, but I guess the strikeout rates was something that kind of everyone knew would be a, an issue. Thirty percent strikeout rate, barely walks, uh, has not hit a home run yet still. So I guess disappointing start for Alderman there, uh, Alex. Um, just a guy who we knew had some of the best power in the draft. Miami was able to go get him, and at the moment he's been struggling big time, man. I guess it's a lot of adjustment. Would you have said maybe it would have been behooved the Marlins, maybe put him to FC, I'll give him a game or two down there before just throwing him right into Jupiter, which, you know, it's it's Jupiter. It's not too much of a difference from um, the FCL, but sometimes you get guys in rehab starts, and it, it could get difficult for these stuff. Like, freaking Jacob DeGrom made a rehab start last year at the low-A level against Jupiter, and, and he carved them up. So that's just a good example there, but – Obviously, um, I think you would have liked to see maybe Alderman take a couple reps at, at the FCL level, kind of get used to the competition. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think you're wrong. I just think it, it speaks to like what the Marlins think of the player when they draft him. That's, that's, that's going to yeah. curtail like what where they put him. So obviously you're not going to put – well, usually you're not going to put like 18-year-old Noble Meyer straight into single-A Jupiter. But you can kind of have that bit of flexibility with Kemp because of what you've seen from him so far. Um, the Marlins got a really good look at this guy after they drafted him. He was out at the park with you guys uh, taking BP and all this stuff. You guys were like, oh, my God, this guy's got so much power. I'm so impressed. Right? Yeah. So um, they definitely see the potential. Um, so that's why they think he's ready for the challenge to um, to single A. So um, it wasn't a good start, like you said. It's been a little bit better here this past week is what I would say. Um, let's say two, three, four. He's got like five hits. Last night hit his um, – or sorry, two nights ago hit his first career triple uh, against the St. Lucie Mets, which was – smashed into a gap so they definitely have a lot a lot of power potential on their hands with with this player um Kemp Alderman um you know what I likened him to when he got drafted is a slightly larger version of uh, a good friend of ours uh Mr. Peyton Burdick so yeah. um that's kind of what I see in this player um he's an outfielder a little bit bigger than Peyton um but in terms of height but um similar builds in terms of like upper half um so yeah um this is a guy who's who's gonna have that same kind of role that same kind of um, ceiling of a guy who will strike out, but a guy who, when he gets the bat on the ball, it's going to go far in a long way. So um, yeah, you already see it kind of happening here with, um, with uh, a little bit, at least in terms of, especially in terms of that triple that he had, that thing was smashed. Um, I think the home runs are going to come in. Uh, I don't think they're far away at all. Just needs to run into a few and then he's going to get it going. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not, I'm just not too concerned that, uh, of the early struggles. This usually happens with most guys. Obviously, when you look at the Nationals, I mean, that's a different case. That's Dylan Cruz out there doing what he's doing. And then you have Morales also from the U.N. But let's talk a little bit about Brock Vradenberg. Kind of similar build to Camp Alderman. I think a little, a lot tall, a little bit taller than, than, um, than Alderman, but still holds that power. First baseman, that's where they're putting him, I believe. Um, but he struggled. Not as much as Alderman, but he struggled still. Hitting under the Mendoza line. 53 WRC plus still does not have a home run. He came in clutch on Friday. He hit the RBI. I think it was an RBI single to, to, to give Jupiter the lead in extra innings. So obviously just another one of those guys who's also struggling out, you know, struggling too, uh, with a 33% strikeout rate, 50% walk rate. But I think that's just more of a small sample size type thing. Yeah, those numbers will kind of vary themselves out as, as we go. But Alex, um, it's nice to see that Miami did draft first baseman in this draft. You put you you have Vradenberg, another young guy. I will say the first baseman depth in this organization has improved a lot from like two years ago, where it was pretty bad, until now, where you have a pretty good first baseman at each level. 
of this organization. And yes, Jacob Berry is that org- is that first baseman for the Wahoos, despite him playing some third. We'll talk about Barry in a bit because it's been an impressive development for Barry since going to double A. But just quick thoughts on Vradenberg, and I think we can move on to uh, high A. Yeah, so this player um, is interesting. Started out, I mean, you kind of see this from a lot of guys that just get drafted. Started out well. I think he had two hits in his first first game, first pro game. Uh, so got off to a good start. And then, man, since then he went literally did nothing at the play. Oh, for he went into an O for twenty two slump. So um, coming back out of it lately, though, you mentioned that the game on the fifteenth, he had three hits. Um, you know, two nights ago he had another hit. So some signs here in the last couple of games that he's getting it going. But like you said. Um, this happens with these players. Um, they come in, they do well to start. Uh, we saw it with, we saw it with Khalil Watson, they do well to start and then they go into these slumps. They just got to adjust back. Um, right. So that's exactly what this player has to do. Just has to now. Okay. The league's seen you a little bit. There's film on you. There's reports on you guys are going to know how to pitch you. Um, now you got to adjust back to that and, um, see what you can do to switch it up so that you can keep pitchers guessing. That's exactly what this guy needs to do is just learn how to fully manage hitting pro pitching. That's exactly what both Vradenberg and Alderman need to start showing. So I think they've both started to show it here in the last week. Um, let's see how that um, that permeates here um, into the, the later end of the minor league season. Um, these guys are going to get their full opportunity, I think, at, um, at single A. There's no reason to send them down or anything like that. Let them work. Let them, let them, let them fail. Let them succeed. Um, hopefully there's more success than failure. But guys need to learn, and this is definitely the level to do that at for both of these players. So they're definitely old enough. I don't think they belong any lower. Um, they definitely need just time. Time, time, time is all these guys need, and I think they're going to be fine. So definitely both big power guys. Um, there's going to be strikeouts to both of these players, but um, there's definitely ceilings here that are that are very, very good as long as they can live up to them. So, yeah, how do you adjust back? That's what we need to see from both of these guys. Yeah, no, this one thing this organization preaches, it's a lot of the um... – a lot of bat to ball, get that bat to ball, get some contact in. They're not always just power hitting. Obviously, we see it from the top all the way to the bottom. When Miami has brought in power hitters, it's usually through free agency or via trade. Obviously, uh, that's what we see. Now, I would like to see Vradenberg and Alderman just not always look for the big power hit. And I think that's what they've been trying to do thus far. Obviously, you're getting adjusted. You, you're thrown into made, you know, to pro ball all of a sudden going from college to there. And obviously, you know, for, for Alderman, you would have thought that. The transition would have been a little bit easier given he's in the he was in the SEC with Ole Miss, but things change. I want to I I do want to mention Ian Lewis. This is a guy who I think a lot of people were high on, including both of us. We were pretty high on him. I think that us being high on him has kind of gone down a lot given his struggles. Um, switch hitter. I don't think he's really switch hitting too much anymore. I, the most he's been on the news was I believe yesterday when he had five stolen bases, but didn't even record a single hit. So that just kind of shows you where he's at in his career. Hope that stays away. Breaking for second is Lewis. The throw wide and not in time. Breaking for third is Lewis. No throw and he will swipe it unassisted. Uh, Alex, to be honest with you, I think I'm kind of out on Ian Lewis. I think you're 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 also on the same path. It's unfortunate because this is one of the guys who, you know, he was the top. He was one of the better guys, and I believe they signed him from the Bahamas. Um, Jazz really was high on him. I don't know how much that says, but. It sucks. It's just an unfortunate situation of guy who really hasn't been able to adjust and really just hasn't been able to do much. Yeah, repeating the level two is the biggest thing. Um, yes. You know, last year, 265, 347, 368. Uh, you don't expect huge power numbers for this guy, so the slugging percentage is, is what it is. Um, you know, but he even, even last year, he was able to get on base at least quite a bit more than he is doing this year, and he's repeating the level. So that's what, what to me it says, like, okay, 715 OPS last year. They didn't call him up to single A advance. Okay, why did they not call him up to single A advance? You see why? Because he's repeating the level now, and this is what he's doing. So yeah, um, I think at times this player definitely looks for this player to succeed. Like I said, with no power, you need to show what you just said, Kevin. The ability to put the bat on the ball and make your speed go to work for you. He's very fast. He has sixty grade speed, very very good speed. But man, when this guy puts the bat on the ball, it's just either swings and misses or easy outs, and that can't happen for a player that needs to hit for a good average. For this player to succeed, he needs to hit for average and he needs to get on base at an above average rate. And he's done neither one of those this year. So it's been very tough to see. I do like this player. He does have great athleticism and great speed. Um, Very good as a second baseman. I think he definitely would be a long-term second baseman if he could make the offense come about a little bit more. It just hasn't happened, man. Um, You can use the excuse of parks that are hard to hit in, but when you're repeating a level, it's not really an excuse. So yeah, yeah, it's tough to see. He's gone down a lot 
in my um, in my prospect rankings as well, Kev. I'm not fully out on him yet because he do, does still show a ton of athleticism and that great, great speed. You just want to see a lot more bats ball. Um, that's really what needs to happen for this player. And there's going to come a time where the Marlins are going to have to challenge him to a new level, and that's probably going to be next year with what they have coming up. So, you know, he's behind schedule. Um, he's repeating a level. Um, where do we see that transition happen from – Below average player, below average bat to ball to above average bat to ball. That's a long way to go in a short amount of time, especially as you continue to have to get challenged to new levels. So I'm I'm a little bit worried about his overall development and how he's going to live up to making the most of his potential. Not impossible, but it's going to take a lot. The crazy thing is that we'll probably see him at high A next year just due to the need of a player in yeah. that level. Yeah. Uh, so – and, you know, it's obviously maybe maybe going to a new level allows him to get better. Obviously, we saw that with Jacob Berry. All of a sudden, he goes from high A to double A, and he's also all of a sudden a lot better. But we'll get into that in a little bit. The last player I do want to mention here is Jordan McCants, uh, another guy who I – he's such a good guy because we've spoken to him many times. He's a great dude. He's a good friend of the pod as well. He loves what we do here. But just he's been struggling, man. This is his first year at low A, uh, striking out at extremely high rates. 227 batting average, 100, you know, WRC plus under 100. You know, big thing is he has 30 stolen bases, 29, but that's nice to see. But aside from that, just not much power. He is, he's driven in a couple of guys in here and there, but you kind of would assume he repeats the level once again. He's going to be a second baseman for sure. I believe they're still playing him at shortstop in Jupiter and they're putting Ian Lewis at second. But what have you seen with McCants? Obviously, this is a guy we've been able to get a good look at for a while now. We saw him in spring training. We saw him, you know, a couple of Jupiter games we've been at this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough to see. Um, again, it's it's another guy that's very similar to Lewis. Yeah, um, in very speedy, needs to hit for average, needs to get the bat on the ball, needs to show the bat to ball contact, needs to show the ability to get the bat on the ball a lot better. Uh, so very, very similar um, in terms of where they're at with their overall projection. Um, and, man, it sucks to talk like to talk about these guys like this overall because, man, look at look at the speed for these players. What was it, Ian Lewis, right? Didn't he just do, like, five bases the other day, right? Like, yeah. crazy. Uh, like, five stolen bases. And he, But the thing is about that is he didn't even get a hit. So he steals five bases because he was on via errors and walks. That's why it's, it's like, fun. It's like so. the saddest accomplishment you could think of. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's a great accomplishment because only it's great right. because you know, I, I yeah, you're doing it at Ricky you're doing, Williams, but not Ricky Williams. You're doing it at low A, but the only major leaguer to ever do that was Ricky Henderson, which Ricky Henderson, is yeah. the Hall of Famer. So, you know, if you can live up to that potential, that's the potential that he could have, maybe at the major league level. But when you're not getting the bat on the ball, it ain't going to happen. So, especially when you're repeating a level, like you said, for McCants, he's just now at this level, but he did repeat the FCL. He got drafted. He played a couple games. They put him back in the FCL. And it's been similar numbers basically a lot of the time through his career, especially with average back to ball and on base numbers. So it sucks. Um, it really sucks to see this, that that Jordan McCants high school draft pick, all the potential in the world, still a lot of time is what I would say. So I'm not out on McCants, yeah. but what I would say is it's tough to see him swing the bat sometimes is to put it nicely. Like yeah. watching him swing the bat, it's a loopy swing. The bat speed is just not really there. Um, you know, it's a straight through kind of line drive cut that can get loopy, like I said. And, you know, he's behind a lot. It's just like the overall approach for him is just not where it needs to be, even though he's still very young and still has time, but needs to show a lot of improvement. So I put him and Lewis in the same bucket, man. They're they're very, very similar players at this play, this part in their career. Um, just need to get the bat on the ball. Just do it. Just get the bat on the ball. They walk enough. I think um, they could used to walk a little bit more, but I think they walk enough to get by with it. Um, but the difference between them is that, like you said, um, Mr. McCants strikes out a hell of a lot more than Ian Lewis. Yeah. So uh, it's over 100 strikeouts for for um, for Mr. Mr. McCants. So needs more walks, less strikeouts, uh, and an overall better approach and better swing. Um, his swing sometimes is just difficult to watch. So, yeah, very. even though he's still very young, like I said, as a high schooler, you want to see quite a bit more pretty quickly from that player as well. You could, you could also make the case that they aren't really in the same bucket. Lewis is repeating the level. True. Um, McCants isn't at all. This is his first year in high A. You know, you could obviously expect some type of not the best numbers from someone like McCants in his first year. I think he's going to repeat the level. And now that's when you start to kind of say, all right, we need to put this guy in the same bucket as Ian Lewis. If he struggles next season, I think obviously with adjustments throughout the offseason, he's someone who makes a lot of adjustments. He comes from, you know, great 
baseball family. You could say his brother also is, I believe, in college baseball, an undrafted free, undrafted guy right now. But you know, he ha- he has time to kind of make the adjustments he has in the offseason. Miami, I think the development will will improve as the years go on. They they made adjustments when it comes to that. You know, the personnel that they had there. So. I think he'll be just fine. I, obviously, he's our boy, so he's kind of like we kind of root for this guy. He's one of those guys that we root for a lot. So, uh, anyone else you want to highlight at the low A level before we move on to high A? Yeah, I don't, I don't miss too much. Think so? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. The only other thing I'd say is like the reason that I say you can kind of put him in the same bucket is because yes, McCants, this is his first full season year with uh, Jupiter. Um, but he did repeat FCL. So, I mean, yeah. so, you know, there's, there's third season, you know, they're, they're very similar. Um, like I said, I think Lewis walks enough, could use to do it a little bit more. McCants does not walk enough yeah. uh, and strikes out at, a, at an elevated rate. So, um, yeah, th- I mean, I would put Lewis slightly, obviously, ahead of McCants. Um, but, man, both of these players are, are very, very similar to me in terms of where they're at and what they need to show. So, uh, more walks, please. Keep up the stolen bases. That's great. Just get on base and let your speed work for you from there. Um, that's what we need to see from these guys a lot more as we go forward into coming seasons and the back end of the season. But yeah, um, right. nobody else on Jupiter for me. We can go on. Yeah. All right. Hi, Beloit. This is the level that when we did a podcast, I believe it was Danny DeVivo, Eli as well, our, the founder fish on first, we, we said this would be the level to watch this season. And man, has it been rough. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, Khalil Watson, no longer with the organization. Jacob Berry, promoted to double-A. Um, really, uh, Yidi Kape struggled. We'll talk about him. But then there's the, the case of the guys who have been good, and I think that's where we could start. Let's start with our boy, Torin Montgomery. He got promoted from low-A Jupiter, got off to a pretty rough start, struggled a lot, but he really picked it up, really picked it up very quickly. And he – I mean, we were dying for this guy to get promoted – and when we saw Barry get the promotion, I texted Torn and I'm like, did you get promoted too? And he said, yeah, I'm on my way to Beloit. I'm like, I love it. So that kind of shows you what this organization thought, not only about Barry going to first base, but Torn finally getting that opportunity to go to high A, to high A Beloit. And I believe he suffered an injury, but um, for the most part, Torn's been pretty damn good at both levels. I know he's been on a little cold streak. Yeah, now he's not been too good at the high at the high level. But just let's read the, the stats at Jupiter before we talk about Torn playing high A. 341, 481, 486, 367 with uh, three home runs, 32 RBIs, four stolen bases, and a 170 WRC+. Plus. He has an under, w, under 100 WRC+, plus currently with Beloit. But again, he has been injured. Uh, I believe it was like a... What was it, Carver? It was something with his foot or his hand? Yeah, I think it was a leg injury. Uh, very okay. minor. Um, you know, uh, I think he missed a couple games from it. They pulled him out early, and he missed, like, I think, like, two or three games, and he was back. But, but yeah, um, like you said, um, really, really, really solid with Jupiter. He's struggled um, with um, with Beloit, but that doesn't mean he doesn't belong there. He definitely belongs there. Um, the thing that I would say about that is, man, um, call up Zach Zubia. Please put him in, put him in Pensacola. That guy that guy's been doing really really well. Give Torin the ability the full time at first base, playing first base full time. He's done some DHing too. Give him the full time at first base. Make him the primary first baseman and move Zubia up to um to Double A. So there's a little bit of a logjam there with first baseman at this level. I definitely think Zubia belongs with Pensacola. So that's what I would say for that. But anyways, like you said, uh, overall this year 147 WRC plus. For Montgomery, so even though he struggled with Beloit, as you just said, um, he's still seventh in the organization uh, in WRC plus. So super good. I love this guy, man. Um, he's got so much more power than his build would show you because of his huge upper body. Um, this guy is a very, very powerful, powerful player that is going to come by. I think more over the fence power as well. Hits the ball extremely hard when he finds it. Very patient at the plate. Um, like we said, has struggled a bit against single advanced pitching, but it tends to happen at a new level. So. He's going to be fine. Um, he's playing in a much different environment than South Florida in Wisconsin and these places that he's in. Yeah. So that, that goes into it as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say for for this player. Really, really, really deserved the opportunity to go to single advance. When you reported that, Kev, I was like, oh, my God, thank God they actually did that. So, um, so yeah, um, definitely want to see more of Torrin at first base. Definitely want to see him be the primary first baseman for this team. 
um, and just get his full shot in there. Um, just get him reps. I think he just needs reps and he's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, I, I really like what this player shows at the plate and I think he could definitely stick and be fine at first base. So yeah, um, super good. Um, I'm excited for Torin. I'm, I'm not worried at all about the slow start with Boyd because like I said, it tends to happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like you would think that someone like Torin would have a lot more over the fence power. He only hit three home runs with uh, Jupiter. He, yep. I don't, he hasn't even reached 10 career homers in his whole career. So yep. a little disappointing on that. And because for the type of build that he has, and we've seen Torn many times in person, this guy is jacked. Like he may be one of the most jacked guys in the organization. There's like Peyton Burdick and not too far behind you have Torn Montgomery. Like that's how I see it. And obviously you have Gerard who hits bombs too. So I am excited sure. to see for what he gets to to Pensacola and uh, especially Jacksonville. I mean, we've seen the right field, the right field fence. Torn Montgomery, Torn's going to hit like bombs out there. And I know Pensacola is a little more hitter friendly for him in, in this case. So I'm very excited to see what happens there. I do want to talk about Osiris Johnson. Um, like, you know, we'll put the faces and whatever. Like we, we basically had this guy written off, but he's been held back by injuries. Man. Carver, he's been pretty good. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. He's been pretty good. And obviously, I'm not going to put too much stock in it uh, with, with Johnson here. But uh, it's nice to see because this guy is one of the he, – he was, he was all right for the most part in his career. Um, besides like 2021 in the complex league, he hasn't done too much. This season with a 104 WRC+, plus, he's one of the only center fielders in the organization that plays center field. Natural position there, so – Alex, I uh, just do want to say since July 1st, he's hitting 290, 368, 468, 28 uh, with three home runs. So he's popped into the power, 12 RBIs and 13 walks. I guess the only issue with him is the strikeout rate, obviously 30% there. But aside from that, I mean, it's been, an, it's been I guess, a pleasant surprise for to see Osiris Johnson finally see what Miami drafted him for, which was kind of get that player that we wanted. Yeah. Um, I mean, such a... F- interesting career build for this guy i mean starts out as an infielder they put him in the fcl when he was really struggling um and then he turned into an outfielder and it's been a guy who's been really streaky he's had these really great stretches like the one you just mentioned and then he can go cold for a long time so um consistency is the thing for osiris johnson that he really needs to show to is this for real like are you for real with this or are you just going to go cold again and then we're going to talk about you in a couple months again you know what i mean that's kind of the thing for for johnson he has great athleticism though His ability to learn center field, um, which was not a natural position. He was an infielder. Now it's his position because he learned it in such a quick amount of time, which was very impressive to see. He's good out there, though. I think he can definitely make it work out there. Um, Good speed um, as well. Um, The one thing I would say for him, definitely above average speed. Doesn't steal a lot of bases because he hits a lot of home runs. Um, But, yeah, um, what I would say for this player that he needs to show overall, like you said, is a lot more walks. This guy does not walk at all, and he never has. So really needs to work out plate presence, plate discipline. Um, he has great bat speed. So just stay back on the ball a little bit more and let the ball come to you before you commit to a swing. That's, I think, where he could really learn to live a little bit better when it comes to his strikeouts to walks ratio. So that's kind of what you want to see. This guy, from what I just said of bat speed, I think he still has the best bat speed in the Marlins organization. Um, That's how he comes by his power. Um, So with bat speed like that, you want to see a guy sit back more and not get out in front of pitches and not commit to swings too, too terribly early. So when you're scouting a player like that, that's kind of what you want to see. Um, come out of Johnson um, here as he goes along uh, with his career. Still 22, so a lot of time, right? So, I mean, it's great that he's showing what he's showing today. Um, Does that permeate, and how does he make that permeate? That's the main main thing for him. Um, Man, this guy coming up, though, um, great athlete, continuing to show that, good power, just needs to stay back on the ball a little bit more, uh, work out that strikeouts and walks ratio, or strikeouts and walks, whatever. and let the power just come to you a little more naturally. And um, I think he's going to be really good. So, yeah, um, a lot to still prove for this player. I'm not all the way bought in yet because, like I said, he can definitely go cold at any time. Um, so how long can you keep this up? That's what we need to stay uh, – that's what we need to look at for with uh, Osiris. But, man, it's been good lately. Let's hope it keeps it up. Yeah, that's the thing. We're not bought into Osiris Johnson. I don't think Alex and I are. And I don't think anyone expected him to do what he's doing this season in terms of the improvement. So – I guess that's the big thing. And then you said it, he, he has the athleticism and the speed to play center field. So it's nice to see that he's been played there. But I want to talk about one of the guys who's kind of like, how can I say this? He's been one of the worst, not, not worst, because he got off to a fairly good start with high A. But it's like one of the guys who's regressed the most this season. And that's Yidi Cap A. He was at one point one of the 
maybe the top position player in this organization when it came to in the farm system. He was the top position player in the farm system. He goes from going to the complex league where he had a 139 WRC plus, gets promoted to Jupiter, uh, struggles a little bit for the most part. He was pretty good. I mean, didn't get on base too much. Uh, you know, we, we said going into the year that, man, Yidi Cap, hey, he goes to high E below. He's going to be pretty good. He got off to a really good start, and now he's at a 61 WRC+, plus, barely gets on base, barely gets, you know, any contact on the baseball, five home runs. I guess the only good thing is the 51 RBIs he has. That's I'm very impressed on that. Uh, just barely walks, uh, eight to, barely strikes out, barely puts the ball in play. Man, what a regression for someone like Edie Cape, who just last season, he was regarded as the best minor leaguer. He won minor leaguer of the year for the Marlins. Do you, I, I guess you could even bring up the question, was it a mistake to give him the promotion to Haye Beloit? Because he barely played with Jupiter. He ended up playing 37 games with the Hammerheads, and that was towards the back end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. Um, but like I said, when they believe in guys, they're going to challenge them, right? Yeah. If they don't think they're ready, they're not going to do it. So, and then as well, the another thing too, Kev, is that you have to clear space out for guys that are coming up. So that's true. Um, there's, there's stuff there as well. Like, obviously you don't want to challenge a guy if he's not ready for it, but you also need to make space for guys that are coming up behind them. So um, that's what I would say here is kind of what's happening. And you see that infield with Lewis and McCants, you know, they, they need room for those guys. They need to play it too. So, uh, and they're not ready for high A. So, um, so yeah, um, that's kind of what you, you see here happening is, just the overall movement in the organization and guys that they're confident in. And this guy was minor league player of the year for a very good reason. Um, you know, they, they pushed him quickly and it hasn't been good with Beloit. Um, it's just been very, very tough to see for Yeti um, here lately. Um, it's just not enough contact, man. That's This is another player who needs to come by a lot of contact to be successful. And he's not showing the ability to come by contact. So again, um, you know, 227 with a 579 OPS has hit five home runs, which is great. But man, um, yeah, uh, 84-16 strikeouts to walks ratio. Not good. Can't strike out that much, man. It's not going to work. Um, so again, another player who just really needs to sit back. Can't get out in front of pitches. Can't commit to pitches too early. Need to view pitching better. So obviously it's a new level for him, but it's been a while. He's been there since the start of the season. You, yeah. you want to see it start to show. We really haven't seen it start, even start for, for Yiddy. A couple of bright moments, you know, a couple home runs, which is great. Bunch of stolen bases, so you know he's fast. But if you can't get on base, it don't matter, right? So you can't walk. You can't hit for average. On-base percentage ain't there. It ain't going to work. So definitely not out, 100% not out on this player. Still yeah, 20 no. years old, playing against players that are older than him on average. So there's room to grow for this player. But, man, when you see the slash line of 227, 256, 323, that's a rough look, man. Yeah, and how do you even like? I think just he'll obviously repeat the level. I'll be, I will be floored if they see the, that if they really promote him to Double A. Obviously, I mean if they do it, they do it. He, you know, he's a guy who's one of the top guys in this organization. They'll do it if they need it because you would assume Nasi Nunez goes to Triple A next season, unless you know, we'll see. I don't know. Last season, the way they handled the minor leagues, we we were not very. Um, happy about that, and we we could go on another two hour podcast talking about that. But yeah, I mean, you, you see what he can do if he gets the ball in play, Kev. Like this guy can yes. turn basically anything into a double. So um, and then he steals bases as well. Like re whether it's just legging it out, you know, while the ball's in play, or if it's stealing a base, this guy has the ability to put runs in scoring position. Just you look know, at the stats in the complex league. That's all you yeah. have to look at. And what he did in Jupiter, too. Exactly. So run creation for him is definitely such a good tool. Uh, because he has the speed, but we thought he had the bat to ball. Um, you know, scouting grades would tell you that they think he has the bat to ball. And with Beloit, he just has not showed it. So again, he's very young for the level still. So there is still a lot of room for this player to improve. So we're not out on this player whatsoever. I don't think anybody should be out on Kipe, but man, it, it's just, it just hasn't been a, uh, a very good year overall for this player. I mean, he has 25 doubles. We can call that out. But like I said, this guy can turn anything into a double. So um, the steals are also good. Five home runs. Um, you know, that was a question mark I had about Kepe is the overall um, ability to put on some weight. He's very lanky. He's very tall, but he's a very lanky kid. So, um, you know, just the ability to, to add some more weight and add some more uh, add some more power was a question mark for me coming into the season. Um, looks like he's at least started to do that. So that's good. But, man, uh, it needs to happen on a much more consistent basis for this player. But like I said, still a lot of time. So, yeah. 
And I guess this organization is pretty committed to him playing shortstop. That's a, that's the only position he's played this season with Beloit. So I guess the lanky build, as he mentioned, kind of, I guess, would portray into what you want in a shortstop. So I think we could end it on that note with Cape. Uh, let's talk to Joe Mack. Um, I think this is a guy who I've made it pretty adamant. I'm basically out on him. I know I should have hope to stay in on Joe Mack, but it's just like, man, I've seen nothing from this kid that really – makes me believe that he's going to be good. Like, you know, this is a guy who, when when he got drafted, we knew he wasn't going to be great defensively, but we knew his offense was something that should have been the plus, you know, for Joe Mack. And that just hasn't been the case. He's barely walking. He's barely hitting for power. Um, 31 RBI is very impressed. He's not putting the ball on play. He's not hitting for contact. Carver, this guy basically sucks. He's worse than Cap A to a certain degree. There's just no other way to put it. Obviously, he's still very young. He still has time. But, man, when, when you look at what Miami drafted into what he's been turning into, he's been pretty bad. There's no other way to put it. It's nice to see that he made adjustments. And for a little bit, he had been getting it going. But, like, since that, like, he's not been good. I, I'm, I, I'll, obviously, I know you're not going to be out on someone like Joe Mack, but – Man, I, like if he doesn't pick it up towards this back end of the year, I, I'm basically out on him. And you know, I've been and I've made it very clear that I'm basically out on Joe Mack. Obviously, you aren't, but I guess just take us through what you've seen with with this guy. Obviously, a lot more videos available for him this season. Yeah, so um, I don't think you're wrong that it's been a little bit disappointing overall for this player. But with high school catchers, you have to temper expectations. Um, yes. This is a high school catcher in you know doesn't have the the defense of Will Banfield, so it's a different type of player in terms of where they're at skill set wise. But it's very similar with offensive production from high school catchers. As a high school catcher, you have to come in and get into basically an entirely different routine from any other hitter because you have to catch bullpens and you have to, you know, um, get your side work in in a much different way. And you have to work on your blocking and you have to work on framing. And there's so many other things while you're also trying to work on your offense, right? So it's not to say that other position players don't work on things like fielding drills and stuff like that but it's a much different workload for catchers. So getting used to that workload and also trying to improve at the plate and improve against, you know, major league and pro pitching, it's a lot more challenging, especially for such a young high school catcher that's coming out that doesn't have college experience. So that's the risk you take when you draft high school catchers. Um, that's the risk you take when you try to develop high school catchers. Um, it took a long time for Will Banfield to do it. He did it, but he's still pretty young. Um, so like you said, there's still time, even though this may take a little while, even though this is a long-term project in terms of developing Joe Mack's offense, um, and defense in some ways, I guess you could say, because he's not as good as Banfield. A uh, few people are not even close. Yeah. Very good. Um, but yeah, um, what I would say is when you look at, when you talk about guys to give time to and let them get time before you just say you're out on them or they're not good, the top of the list type of player that you do that for is a high school catcher. So that's what I would say for Joe Mack. Um, August has been better. Um, we can point to that. Um, so in August, um, 237, 313, 492, obviously what sticks out there is the slugging percentage. He's hit four home runs. So you can kind of start to see it coming a little bit for Joe Mack this month, um, especially this past week. Um, this past week has been actually pretty damn good for him. So since August 12th, he has two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hits. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely some, some flashes showing here for Joe Mack. Um, you know, earlier this year when he was not doing anything like what he did this past week at all, even for like a couple weeks stretch, um, that's when I was like, oh man. And that's when we were talking about him before it's been better lately and he's starting to show it. So, um, at least you start to see it. Right. Um, but how long can you make that stay consistent? Like we talked about with Osiris, different circumstance, but just let me talk about you got to keep it consistent. So how long can Mac keep this up? How long can he, can he keep it consistent? If he ends the year on a high note, man, if he ends August and he's at like a 250 plus batting average, which with still good power numbers. Now we're talking. Okay with that. Like that's, that's, that's yeah. a great month for him. Probably a career best month. Honestly, I would say without looking at it. It would save him from so, me being out of him. So I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, high school catchers, you gotta, you gotta, you know, just like you want to see it. Yeah. He was drafted really high. Yeah. I get it. But we got to give him a little bit, a little bit more time, a little bit more benefit of the doubt that, hey, um, it's going to come. It's going to happen. So now is when we're seeing so, Banfield um, be like kind of what my mom yeah. expected to. So. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So you see it with Banfield. He, he, if this were like a couple years ago, we could be having the same conversation, almost the same conversation about Will Banfield. Yeah. So, um, yeah, give him time. All right. Now I think we're going to get into the part where we're kind of like begging 
here on, on this podcast to, to promote these guys. Uh, we're going to start with your boy, Zach Zubia, who, God damn, this guy needs to be in double-A Pensacola already. You couldn't yeah. even make the case. He's, what, 20, 25? You could even put him in triple-A if you wanted to. But 282, 416, 470, 886 with a 153 WRC+. plus. He has 10 home runs, 31 RBIs, 17.7 walk, uh, 26.5 strikeout percentage. Can they please promote this guy already? Double-A, triple-A, doesn't matter. I think he's really good. I think he could be pretty good. Obviously, 25 years old. Kind of should not be be high A Beloit. Yeah, 25 years old. Man, it's tough to see this. Um, They did it with Davis Bradshaw, too. So, I mean, Davis Bradshaw, much different player than Zach Zubia, of course. But they did the same thing to him. They they stuck him down there in in single A, and he just recently got his call up to, um, to, to double A. So, man, if you call him up and they don't have it, okay, fine. But what's it's just not fair to the player. It's not fair to players behind them that are coming up and pushing their way at lower levels as well. That spot needs to go to somebody who should be at that level. Zach Zubia should not be in single A advance. Zach Zubia should be in double A. And Toro Montgomery should be the full-time starting first baseman because he earned it in Jupiter. So it's just so – when I see stuff like this, it's just like so discouraging to me. Um, and what it says to me is like – if you look at guys like Zach Zubia, who are not high draft picks or anything like that, they don't have a lot of money invested. That was a 20th round draft pick. Like, obviously, you're, you know, if you're coming out of a future draft and you're looking at that, that may discourage you about the Marlins. Like, hey, I'm a 20th round draft pick. They have this 25 year old previous 25 20 or 20th round draft pick. Like, why he's he's earned his way. Like, what's to say they won't do the same thing to me? You know, so guys that earn their way to new levels need to be at those new levels. And this is definitely a guy that has done it in every sense of the word. The guy was hitting multiple home runs as early as spring training guy has absolute bombs. He's walking. He's not striking out as at an enhanced clip, which is what you would expect from a power hitter like this, but he's managed to strike outs very well. He's walked. Um, he doesn't have speed at all. So he hasn't stolen bases, but that's okay. Um, he's played decently at first base, man, like 282, 416, 470. Come on. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I guess the next guy I do want to talk to you about, and this is not one of those guys that we're begging to promote, but I actually didn't know he got the promotion at high A. It was Chase Luttrell, last year's, um, I want to say, um, 13th round draft pick. I did not know he earned a promotion to high A. He has a 105 WRC+, plus, a 250 batting average, hit very league average. Um, he just got the promotion, so he's only played three games, so I, I was not aware of this. That's why not too many stats. He was pretty good for the most part in Jupiter. I know he's a center fielder first, so that's another nice, I guess, addition there. Not much to talk about there unless you want to make any additions. But next, I, I do want to talk about Jake Thompson. Yeah, that's uh, another the, that's one the of those guys. Who needs, another guy who needs a promotion. God, this guy needs to get promoted. He has a yeah. 147 WRC plus, 265, 369, 514. 884 with 15 home runs, 37 RBIs. He doesn't even strike out that much either. 18.8%, 10.8% walk rate. Like, God, just promote him already. Like, yeah. This guy has absolutely nothing else to show. You could put him in the outfield. You could make him a DH. He has the power. He could drive and run. He doesn't even put the ball in play that much either, which is very impressive given the fact that he is a patient hitter, 10% walk rate. I mean, Alex, what else does this guy have to show you? And he's also 25, so... Another Nothing. one of those situations. There's, there's where... no reason. Yeah, there's no reason. Um, there's definitely room to be had in that Pensacola lineup as well for a guy like this and Zubia. So again, um, he gets Morel Gonzalez. Yeah, right. Yeah, something. And that's another thing the Marlins have not been good at is cutting bait with guys that just haven't performed. Uh, or just promoting the AAA. Right. I mean, whichever. I mean, it's not a it's not a dissimilar jump from Double A AA to AAA. Double um, A AA is the hardest jump to make. So you do, I would want to see time there first for a guy like that. But yeah, I mean, just real quickly on the trail, he gets promoted because you needed room for Kemp, uh, DeLeo and uh, who's their other outfielder, another draft guy, uh, Coley. Yeah. Coley, uh, yeah so Coley. You need room for these guys um, in, um, in Jupiter. So he gets promoted um, pretty league average. Like you said, um, continues for, for that player of the trail strikes out too much, needs to, to work on the strikeouts, um, but intriguing. Um, and he has a cool looking mustache. Anyways, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, that's Latrell uh, for Thompson, man. She's um, you saw it again last night. Another one, 15th home run of the year. This guy, all this guy has done is hit the baseball. Like literally, um, that's, that's literally all this guy has done. Um, and it's great contact when he makes it. So fantastic walks. 
Um, I mean, look at his month of August. Like, just just go look at Jake Thompson's month of August, and it'll tell you all you need to know. Insane. Um, nothing left to prove. And and single A advanced needs to be up at 25 years old in the upper minors. So hopefully that happens by the end of the year. It's another guy that is held back right now. Um, and I think there's room for him. We'll go through double A, triple A. I think that there's room for him um, and Zubia um, right now in, um, in in double A AA or triple A, one of the two. So, yeah, um, I love Jake Thompson, man. Sweet, sweet swing. Um, stays back really well. Walks are great. Um, awesome. He's even fast a little bit. He's got a little speed to him, too. A couple stolen bases this year. Manages strikeouts. Just just nothing left to prove. 265, 369, 514 overall um, with the Sky Carp. And then I'll give you guys that month of August really quick just because I oh, said I, it. I have it right so here. in I August, right yeah, go ahead. Say it. <laughs> 412, 556, 794, 1.350 with a 455 Babbitt, four home runs, seven, nine RBIs, seven walks, eight strikeouts. I, surprisingly, four hit by pitches. So uh, this guy's crushing it at the at the high level, especially in this past month. Um, last guy I want to mention at the high level, Javier Sonoha uh, started the oh, year yeah. with uh, Jupiter, got the promotion, very well-deserved. He was hitting over 300 at Jupiter, continues to hit over 300 early on at Beloit. This is a guy who kind of could play it everywhere. Um, Eli did a, a, a cool article on him. He was saying this is another guy who's doing the Luis Arise impression. Obviously, you can't compare him yet to that, but he's a contact hitter who could kind of play you a lot of positions. I believe he's also played center field before. Correct me if I'm wrong. He has the speed and athleticism to do it. So nice to see that they're putting him there. So quick words on Sonoha, and I think we could go to one of the most fun levels of minor league baseball, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Yeah, pure bat to ball guy. Um, doesn't strike out at all. Very, very good. That was in Eli's article. This guy doesn't just doesn't strike out. Um, yeah. Very, That's very good. Something percent um, strikeout rate. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then, I mean, I know it's only been like, what, nine games with, with the Sky Carp, but the numbers permeate here. Um, so with Jupiter, 308, 356, 400. With the Sky Carp, only nine games. Yes, small sample size. 325, 357, 475. So the jump in level didn't hurt him at all. Yep. Um, how old is this guy? This guy is 20 years old. So very, very young player. Very, very small guy. Um, but man, um, knows his craft very well, I think. Doesn't try to do too much at the plate. Um, and has great defensive flexibility, like you just said, Kev. So this guy also, um, easy to get him in lineups, easy to get him in games. Um, cool makeup. Um, not Never going to hit for a lot of power. He will not hit for power. Uh, just doesn't do it. So, um, you know, he has somehow has three home runs this year, which is impressive for him. Uh, 12 for his career. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just a, a pure bat-to-ball guy. Um, finds gaps really well, can go to all fields. Uh, very, very simplistic at the plate. A kind of player that I really like. And a guy that really fits that mold of what the Marlins targeted this offseason of pure on-base threats. So really, really like Sanoa. It's been impressive to watch him as a 20-year-old kid doing what he's done at these single-A levels. It's been really cool. And the rare shout-out to MLB Pipeline, who put him in the top 30. So yeah, they had, they had him, I think, before all of us. So in their latest update, they put him at 19. We we could also do another podcast, another day, kind of going through that MLB top 30 because they kind of – they kind of hit on it pretty well, I'll, I will say, considering what we've seen in years past.